So what do you fear? What do you fear in your relationships? What do you fear when you think about being more loving, more vulnerable, more forgiving? What do you fear when you think about being more truthful? If we are not willing to look deeply at who we really are, we will miss out on the joy and the miracle of Christ strengthening us in those places of weakness. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole Eunice. I am your pastor, your host, your fellow sojourner on this journey of life that we're on together. And one thing that I hope that we have dearly in common, regardless of how different our lives might look like on the outside, is that we together are trying to follow Jesus. We are um, seeking to understand God's word with the curiosity, the imagination, the intelligence that God has given us, that we can enter in and truly understand what it means to pursue the kingdom of God here on earth. Believe it or not, in the midst of whatever is going on in your life, that God is actually calling us to this greater vision that we are pursuing the kingdom of God here on earth. And we're on this journey of exploration and discovery to see how God just reveals himself. He reveals a deeper understanding of humanity, a deeper understanding of eternity that he gives to us through his word. Now, we've been in a series called The Miracle Moment based on a book and Bible study video series that I've just released. So if this is interesting to you, if you're like, yes, I need to understand how I can connect my faith to my relationships, and I do want to be stronger in those relationships, then this series is for you. And if you want to go deeper, I want to encourage you to check out the Bible study everywhere books are sold. Just Google my name in Amazon and you'll come right up with it. My last name is U-N-I-C-E. I'd love for you to have this day by day. So this Bible study is broken out into five days a week for six weeks. And there's also free videos that accompany this for your book club, your Bible study, your Sunday school group, whatever. Um, So if you want to take it deeper, I want to encourage you to do so. We are really just taking a little bite out of what is really in this this whole six-week experience of growing stronger in your relationships, particularly through difficult conversations. So we're going to look at a very difficult conversation today. It's more than just a difficult conversation. It is a truly poignant, sometimes painful um, revealing of the truth of the nature of humanity and a revealing, powerful, poignant truth of who we have in Christ Jesus and how his life is so incredibly different because of his lack of fear, that our our Christ Jesus does not live in fear and he models what it looks like that there is no fear in love. And that perfect love drives out fear, which is from First John. So this is going to be a little different than some of our other uh, weeks because I'm gonna we're gonna be looking at a long story in Scripture. And really, what I want to invite you guys to do, and and you may want to listen or, or or sort of circle back and listen to the story more than once, is I'm gonna give you a setup, okay, before you start listening to this story, and I'm gonna read through the story twice because really the setup, really the the whole bulk of our time today is I just want you to see that in this conversation that we're going to look at, we're actually seeing a foil. So in literary terms, whenever you hear the word foil in scripture, or not in scripture, I'm sorry, in liter- in liter- uh, literature of any kind, this is like 
eighth grade liturgy. <laughs> this is an eighth grade English lesson. A foil is like an, a character who's set up as opposite to the hero or the protagonist of the story. And although this is like we're reading a true account, we're also seeing a foil of two very different men coming together in this story. And the two different men that we're going to look at is Jesus and Pilate, who was the leader who actually handed Jesus over to be executed at his arrest. Okay. So Jesus and Pilate are who we're going to look at. And when, as I read this story, I want you to focus on how you see this interaction playing out the difference in the, uh, the essential nature, the, the characteristics of these two men as we listen to the story. I'm going to read from John 18, verse 28, all the way through chapter 19, verse 16. Okay, so I'm going to read this account in the Gospel of John. And when, just to give you context, what's the backstory going on right here is that Jesus has just been betrayed by Judas. Judas um, betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Judas was one of his disciples. Uh, just one of the deepest betrayals of uh, history is, and really the deepest betrayals in our own life is when someone close to us turns away from us. And so this, this man who was close to Jesus sold out and sold him out and regretted it immediately. That's a whole nother story. But the, um, the religious leaders came to Jesus, they arrested him. Um, and then we see this sort of unjust trial, like playing out, um, throughout this, throughout these next few moments as Jesus is going to the cross. And so we're going to stop and look at one of those moments right here. So I'm picking it up in verse 28. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. Chapter 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. 
They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. I want to invite you, as difficult as it is, oh, friends, how much we want to live in the risen reality of the risen Jesus Christ. But if we don't grasp the actual reality of the life and death of Jesus Christ, we will lose some of the power of the risen Jesus Christ. And what we see here is a man fully human. I think it's so important. This is such a a key aspect of our understanding of our Lord Jesus is that he is fully human. Here we have a fully human man who is facing his death, and he does it in a certain way. And we also have a fully human man, also a leader, who seems to be going through some kind of death of his own. And the difference between the two of them could not be more clear. I'm going to read to you the passage again. I want you to pay attention to the questions. If you're a person who takes notes, if you're sitting with your Bible, you may want to underline the questions that are being asked back and forth between Jesus and Pilate. You may want to focus and try to notice on what's happening in Pilate, what's happening in Jesus, as you just sort of let the story come to life. I'm going to start again at John 18. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning. And to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. Do you hear the irony of this? Here we have men who are literally like enacting a coup, who are taking a completely innocent man to try to get him killed, but they don't want to enter the palace so they can eat the Passover. 
If you're familiar with Jesus's teachings, you know that Jesus would look to the religious leaders again and again and say, you hypocrites, clean the inside of who you are. It is not about the actions on the outside. It is about the interior and the setting of your heart. And we see that in living picture right here. We're going to drag this innocent man to the palace of the Roman governor. That's Pilate. But we're not going to go in because we want to still appear righteous. Verse 29. So Pilate comes out to them and asks, what charge are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. The irony. We will take this man to you to manipulate you, to make you get fearful so that you will do the work that we want done. That is, these are the religious leaders. This is just one of the most uncomfortable experiences of seeing who we really are as humans. What happens when we have power? What happens when we're scared? What happens when we feel threatened in our position? Verse 32, this all took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you've done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Listen to that statement of neutrality from Jesus. He's not blaming or condemning anyone. He's not saying there's only one sort of person who follows me. He's not saying that my kingdom is going to be a nation or nationalistic kingdom of a certain kind of people. He says, this is what makes up my kingdom. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Verse 38, what is truth? Retorted Pilate. Could there feel like there's anything that feels more relevant to our culture and world today than the idea that truth is relative? Pilate's like, truth is relevant. What is truth? What is truth? Here Pilate sits in the judgment seat, truly the person who is discerning good and evil, who's discerning right and wrong. And he's like, there's no truth. With this, he went out again to the Jews, gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And they shouted back at Pilate, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. So the backstory there is that Barabbas had actually been against the government. He had been a a rebel and a revolutionary who was trying to stand up and go against what was happening. So that would have been very, very uh, dramatically bad at that time. And the fact that they're saying, like, release that guy to us. Now, in a moment of concession, chapter 19, Listen to what Pilate said so far. What do we know that Pilate said so far? I find no basis for a charge against him, but what is truth? And here we see our first concession. Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. That means whipped. 
The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here he is. He's been whipped. He's been flogged. This is the first concession. Pilate has said, I don't, there's nothing for me to do here, but he still has him whipped anyway. He's like, here's the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. Remember, these are the same chief priests and officials who just said, oh, we can't execute anyone in our law. But Pilate answered, you take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him as Pilate is sitting in his leadership seat, as he's sitting in the judgment seat. He's judging right and wrong, and he's continuing to insist there is no charge here. Then the Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. You see, what we're seeing set up here, my friends, is what it looks like when your life is led by fear, as opposed to what it looks like when your life is led by truth, even if your life being led by truth takes you to the cross. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace, and he's going to try again with Jesus. He says, where did you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gives him no answer. And Pilate is, is so frustrated in his fear. He's like, do you refuse to speak to me? And now we see what Pilate feels is his right here. Don't you realize, this is Pilate speaking, don't you realize, he says to Jesus, I have power either to free you or to crucify you. And Jesus answered, you have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. I feel compassion in Jesus's eyes as he speaks to Pilate, as he watches Pilate unravel, as he watches Pilate lead by fear, not lead by truth. And even in these last moments of Jesus's life, when he stands with Pilate and he says, hey, everyone who's on the side of truth is with me. When he says to Pilate, you don't have power except that was given to you. I feel this compassion within him. And it says in verse 12, after that moment, when Jesus says, you don't have power over me unless it were given to you, that Pilate tries to set Jesus free. But the Jewish leaders keep shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Now they are ramping up the greatest fears of Pilate. Because they say anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. And Pilate knows it's his job to make sure that everyone stays in line, that everyone stays under Caesar. And at the time, to be Caesar would be to be divine. Like the, the idea there is that there is nothing greater than Caesar. And so the Jewish leaders use this to actually manipulate Pilate to make him more fearful and in verse 13, it says, when Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the stone pavement, which is an Aramaic Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. And Pilate said, here is your king. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. And Pilate says, shall I crucify your king? And they answer, and this is just like the jab at Pilate, who's leading by fear. They jab back and say, we have no king but Caesar. The chief priests answer. So finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified, and the soldiers took charge of Jesus. What a story. 
for today, what I wanted you to see in this narrative, because remember, uh, the Bible is full of stories. And we'll look at, you know, little verses, and we'll kind of dissect verses and pull out different words and really, really hone in with the microscope. But sometimes we need to use a telescope. And we need to really like be far away from it and just like, look at the story for what it is. And when I look at this story, I want to give you one cross-reference, Matthew 27, 18. The story is in Matthew as well. And in that story, it says that Pilate knew, verse 18, he knew it was out of self-interest that they handed Jesus over to him. So what we see is that Pilate is like just sort of devolving through this story where he's being led more and more by fear. And as much as he wants to hold out for the truth, he can't. And here we see Jesus being led more and more by truth. Jesus is able to stand in that truth. And even when that leads him to the cross, he stands there in that. And when we look at these two lessons, we look at the story of conflict and the difference between what happens when we lead a life of fear and when we lead a life of love. And I want to invite you, when we think about what does this mean for me, there's so many directions we could go, but for today's purposes, this story is really a way for us to just illustrate what does it mean for you to be led when you are being led by fear as opposed to when you're being led by love. What is it that someone could say to you or threaten you with? What is it that holds sway over you that makes you just, you want to react in fear and you leave a reaction of love? For many of us, this is the, the need for other people's approval. For many of us, it's our, our desire to have right standing. For many of us, it's we just never want to rock the boat. And, and anytime those things feel threatened, we think, okay, never mind. I'm not going to like actually step in with love or I'm going to step in with truth. I'm just going to like be a peacekeeper. I'm going to let it go. Anytime something might require courage of us where we might lose something that feels dear to us, we might lose, uh, again, someone's approval or some likes or, or, or we might have to say something hard and we're like, I'm not going to do that. And this story is a way for us to understand how different it is when we live our life from a place of love or when we live our life from a place of fear. So what I want to invite you to this week is to, is to, is to notice two or three things that you're learning about yourself in conflict. Two or three things that make conflict hard for you, things that hold sway over you. We see in the life of Pilate as deeply as he wanted to pursue the truth, his positioning, his power, his understanding that truth is relative, that held sway over him. And when that positioning and power felt threatened, he was unable to stand with his conviction. And he just just was a part of the story. And man, one day I hope I get to hear this whole story from Jesus' mouth himself about what was going on and how he was feeling, what he was thinking about Pilate. But truly, this is such an amazing story of the nature of humanity. And it is an amazing story about the nature of us and how quickly it is so easy to step out of that place of love and to find ourselves in that place of fear. So what do you fear? What do you fear in your relationships? What do you fear when you think about being more loving, more vulnerable, more forgiving? What do you fear when you think about being more truthful, more open, really pursuing connection? And I want to invite you, as you name those fears, to take those fears to Jesus who understands. To take those fears to Jesus who says that his grace is sufficient for us and his power is made perfect in our weakness. If we are not willing to look deeply at who we really are, we will miss out on the joy and the miracle 
of Christ strengthening us in those places of weakness. Thanks, everyone. Talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.